Nothing's off limits with this duo It's father and daughter, Don and Cher And join the club if you're a chatter mouth Hey y'all, it's Cher and Don And welcome back to the Chatter Mouth Podcast Welcome, welcome um, So yesterday I tried the um, new Burger King Impossible Burger Whopper Whatever they call it Literally there is no way anybody will be able to tell the difference. Some, like, no uh, way. Sometimes I'm afraid they're putting the real <gasps> burger in because it tastes exactly the same. I have the same thoughts. Like, I always think that sometimes if it's too real, I don't like it because it scares me. I'm like, I don't want to actually be eating a dead cow right now. Like, that grosses me out so much. But, like, if it's made from plants, like, that's fine. But honestly, I want to do a taste test with daddy one day because he is like such a carnivore and I don't think there's any reason for it because I feel like so many of the foods taste the exact same. There's no difference if I you give it a real chance. I think it, it's a mental thing with it's him. It's totally mental. Because they now <laughs> make these chicken nuggets, these impossible chicken nuggets, and those I swear by. Oh, I those are good. I cannot tell the difference <laughs> at all. It's crazy. You've been vegetarian for how long now? Oh, I like Maybe 15 years now? 15 Is years? 15? No way. 10 has, years. You think so? Longer than I've been vegan? I don't know. I remember I was like on a cruise, I think, right? You were on a cruise once and you with made the decision you. with me. I was so proud of you. And you did that all on your own. It's I crazy did. that we kind of went full circle because I remember when I first became vegetarian, you were very much like, so, you know, you were in under that mindset where you need milk, you need, you need. Um, animal products to grow up big and strong. You gotta have your meat. You know, you're under that mindset. Well, don't forget, I grew up like that. I mean, at those in those days, vegan. No one even really heard of vegan, let alone vegetarian. There were so few vegetarians out mm -hmm. there, and the whole mindset was in order to be strong and grow and be healthy you need to have your milk and your meat but it's such a different world now because we're so much more educated mm -hmm. and yeah. you don't need that yeah because you can get it in so many other foods and remain so much healthier but i'm really proud of you because you were very closed off to this but then i convinced you to yes. watch some documentaries and i wasn't trying to push it on you i just wanted you to understand the reasons behind it and you you did you watched all those documentaries and came to the decision on your own that you wanted to you know not eat animal products anymore which it's makes so really true proud. I first started out as a pescatarian mm -hmm. I, I started slowly and I would just have fish and not eat any meat mm -hmm. and then I thought about it more I was a pescatarian for a number of years mm -hmm. And then I thought about it, but because it was hot, I loved lobster and I loved shrimp. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> but then I thought about it more and I said, you know, do I really need to have the fish and kill the fish and have the lobster? There's so many other foods to eat. I don't need to do that. So then I decided to be total vegetarian and I'm, I'm really happy and I'm proud that I did. But mm -hmm. I think the main thing really is in life is to... Have an open mind and don't be closed to things and go with the change and, mm -hmm. and evolve. You don't have to stay just because you grew up having meat your whole life mm -hmm. that you have to stay having meat. I guess I say that with such passion is because my husband, your mm -hmm. daddy, won't change and he just loves his meat. But I know if he would just grow and open his eyes, he has so many alternatives that are even better and in my eyes healthier well they are healthier they've been proven after study after time and time again there's so many um what's it called forks over knives is a great documentary that explains a lot about the health benefits of not having animal products in your life um but there's just so many reasons the health the planet the animals and i love yes. the way you just put it just now first of all i'm like a proud mama right now of you because Why? you like can't, like i've been vegetarian for a long time and you came to this all on your own and i just have always been so passionate about it and hearing you talk with passion makes me like huh, <laughs> um, but you know because i just don't see the point in eating animals when there's so many other amazing foods out there and like why hurt an animal like the way they're killed is just so sad like the way like it's not just that they're being killed for food 
It's that the way they have to suffer their whole life. They're literally being tortured. And so many people don't realize that. And people I know you're going to listen. You're like, Sherry, you're ridiculous. Like, wake up. But I promise, like, watch these documentaries. Do your research. You will be shocked to see what you find. And yes, not every place tortures them. But, like, they're all killing the animals. And does that animal want to die? No. Like, no one want like, they don't want to die. They're not choosing this path. And so there's so many alternatives out there. Um, there's actually, there's so many challenges online. You could try, like, you know, 20 days vegan challenge or whatever it is. But our guest today is super interesting. Yes. I'm excited to have him on. He's very exciting. All I want, and I think you said this best, Mom, is today to our listeners, just have an open mind. That's Mm -hmm. all I ask is just go into this podcast. It's going to be a little different than our other podcasts, okay? This is just, I just really want you to have an open mind and just hear it and listen. And my mom and I are just so passionate about educating ourselves on different topics. And this is one of those topics where I think we just have to hear it to really understand it more. I want us to do this podcast because I was honestly, and I'm going to just say it honestly, I was very Mm close-minded for many, many years. And when you were young, I was very close-minded. And I really see that was wrong of me Mm -hmm. to be so close-minded. And just to think about it and hear another point of view might change Mm -hmm. you for the better Mm -hmm. or, you know, at least, you know, hear it. And we're not here to judge you no. on the decisions that you make. Of course. As long as you decide for yourself and you hear the options out there, that's all that like we appreciate is just being open and hearing things and, and educating and, yourself. Right. I'm just um, so without further ado, let's bring on our guest today. His name is Elam Orion, and he is the founder of National Animal Rights Day. He's done so many amazing things. He is actually the person that inspired me very much so to go vegan. I met him when I was living in California, and I'm going to tell my story more in a little bit, but um, he really had a big impact on me. And so when my mom and I were talking about who we wanted to bring on this podcast to discuss a topic that we are so passionate about, we figured, well, who better than the person that inspired me so much? So um, without further ado, let's bring him on. Hey, Lum, thank you so much for coming on the Chattermouth podcast. I am so happy that you're here. You are somebody that has inspired me so much on my journey to being vegan. So having you here today is just honestly so special and why I tried so hard to get you on this podcast because you were one of the reasons of why I am who I am today. Before we get into it deeper, tell our listeners about who you are and what you do for this world, for the animals, for everything. <laughs> First, thank you. I'm, I'm getting emotional now. Thanks so much for, <laughs> for saying this. Um, you know, I'm an actor in Los Angeles. That's where we met. Um, but I also am, am a big animal lover, and I have my own nonprofit called Our Planet There's Two. This is actually our logo. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. The animals and the humans is only one little small animal here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and we, other than uh, drafting the Declaration of Animal Rights, which has been translated to more than 22 languages, and we're trying to get it you know, accepted by governments and, and people around the world, uh, we started the National Animal Rights Day in the U.S. in 2011, and by now we're doing it in 50 countries around the world. So that's why I was so busy. You couldn't get me that's because in June, every June we have these events. And this year we had 116 cities around the world in 50 countries. Uh, so, we, you know, we're trying to get each country to have its own National Animal Rights Day. And it's basically it's a day of events that are completely dedicated to animals. We commemorate the billions of animals that are still killed every year. But then we also celebrate. We celebrate the animals we have in our lives. We celebrate the steps that the world is doing towards uh, going vegan and not relying on animals, you know, and going green. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's enough to uh, be sad over and commemorate and enough to uh, celebrate. So that's what we do in, in those days. So that's yeah. kind of in a nutshell what I do. <laughs> wow. Amazing. So what is your story? How did you become vegan? How did this all come about? So I, you know, I grew up in Israel, and in Israel we have a lot of cats everywhere, like more than people. There are cats everywhere. So you always grew up with cats, and we always, you know, we loved them, we fed them. I adopted a few of them. We had a few cats at home uh, growing up, even though my mom hated it because they would, you know, scratch the couches. But uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> That's what my cat is always doing. Right. But, you know, I always loved animals, but never made the connection. And, you know, my mom is from a kibbutz, which is uh, this thing in Israel, kind of these agricultural villages 
where they usually have animals. So in my, the kibbutz of my mom, they had cows, they had chickens. So I, I, I went to see them. It was, it was before the days of factory farms, what we call them these days. So they were out in the open and kind of eating and enjoying themselves. But I never made the connection. Oh, what, what's happening with these animals? What do they do to them later on? And, you know, we ate meat at home, you know, typical Israeli Jewish uh, diet. But I never made the connection. And then when I moved to the U.S., I got, you know, you lived in New York, so you know how it is. I lived in New York. I was like, other than studying acting, I was like studying Indian philosophy and yoga and Tibetan Buddhism. And I, as I was getting into this, uh, into all this, you know, one of the main things they teach you at yoga is ahimsa, nonviolence, right? So I got into, you know, in addition to doing all these poses, <laughs> hopefully they teach you the whole philosophy behind it, which is love for all beings, you know, compassion for all beings, no violence, no killing in your speech, in your deeds, and in your thoughts even. So I started learning all this stuff. And, I, and, and then kind of a co coincidentally, somebody gave me a leaflet from a group called uh, Vegan Outreach, and it's a leaflet called uh, Why Vegan? And it's not very graphic, but it just shows you how humans treat animals nowadays in 21st century, teaches you about factory farms. It has some photos, you know, chickens, you know, with no feathers, like trampled in a, by other chickens in a battery uh, cage or, a, you know, cows in, or mother pigs, you know, in uh, uh, what they call uh, saw crates, you know, like these metal crates where they keep them, they can't even lie, uh, move around. They have to lie down in one position all their lives. And that completely blew me, blew, blew my mind and opened my eyes to what's really going on with animals. Because up until then, again, I was helping cats and helping other animals, but completely not aware what humanity does to all those other animals that we call food or clothes or, you know, leather or the animals we experiment on, the animals we use for entertainment, circuses and all that. So this leaflet, together with my Indian philosophy yoga t uh, studies, completely kind of blew me away and really I became, I became aware of we're not living ahimsa. Even if you go to a yoga class and you do two hours of yoga poses, that doesn't make you a kind and compassionate person. If you go home then and have a burger or pay mm -hmm. somebody to stab a pig in their throat, you know, like it's, it's really insane. Like the, the kind of disconnect we're living in. So mm -hmm. uh, this completely opened my eyes and I started like checking more about it, researching, learning. Oh, it really exists. Factory farms. That's how we raise animals these days. There's no more mom and pop little happy green farms where the animals are happy outside and free. It's all factories now. They're in a shed. They never see the light of day. They're fed hormones and antibiotics not to get sick, growth hormones to become as big as possible in the shortest amount of time, and then they're sent to slaughter. And, and that's in its own is a whole terrible process. I mean, how, how do you, you know, I never thought about it. How do you kill an animal that doesn't want to die, you know, all and I don't want to already depress everybody here, but, you know, the methods in which we kill, kill animals these days are horrendous, you know. Mm -hmm. we, we use uh, gas chambers. Did you know that in the U.S. they used gas chambers? No, I did not. It's okay, but you eat the food after they've breathed in all this, like, carbon dioxide and all the gas? Yeah. You eat it. I mean, from a health point of view, I don't even know how it works. But I don't know if you know, there's a, a big fact, um, oh. slaughterhouse called Farmer John in L.A. Have you heard about no, it? No, I haven't. No. Huge complex. It belongs to Smithfield Foods, this big conglomerate of meat, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's very known over the years since the 40s, 50s, because it has, it's a big complex in kind of the downtown area of LA, outside of downtown. But it's very famous because outside on the walls, outside you have murals of beautiful fields and pigs roaming in the fields and happy animals. So it's really, and everybody who grew up in LA knows these murals. They're very known. They're famous. So it's just, the, it's, you know, it's like Auschwitz. On the outside, you have Arbeit macht frei, you know, the famous sign, uh, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Work will set you free, free. When you go in, it's a slaughterhouse. And they have a gas chamber there. Oh, my wow. gosh. And that's allowed? With a gas chamber. That, so, yeah. you know, when you, when you reopen your eyes and you kind of learn how we treat animals and how we raise them and how we kill them on the way for them becoming a piece of meat that we buy at the supermarket or a leather coat or shampoo that you test on or any other product, you're, you're really like, I mean, if you have any, if you have, if you're a decent person, you have a heart, yeah. you'll freak out, you'll cry, you'll be shocked. You, you almost, you won't believe 
what your eyes are seeing and what your ears are hearing. And uh, I don't know if you heard about the film Earthlings. That's yes, a film that I love that movie. Yes. a lot of people. Yeah, because it really. But that's a film that shows move. you. You know, Sean Munson, whom I know, he lives here in LA. The director did this process, and instead of just learning about it, he documented it. So he, he mm. documented how we treat animals in every industry that humans use animals in. So the food mm. industry. The clothing, skins industry, how they skin animals alive for their uh, fur. The fur industry Ugh. is one of the worst on that, the planet. How is that legal? Like, how does that still happen in today's world? Because animals have no no rights. They're not considered living beings. They, Other than cats and dogs, I mean, there are some laws, at least in the U.S., right? The law, there are laws that prevent cruelty to cats and dogs. But like, how yeah. are they any different than a cow? Yeah. I don't understand that. Like, I had chickens as pets. I had goats as pets. And they were my pets. I did not see a difference between them and my dog because they became my pet. But so many people are like, well, it's a dog, so I'm not going to hurt a dog. Like, I know so many people would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're, like, they're abusing a dog. And I'm like, you just paid for someone else, you just paid for that hamburger. You gave money to an organization that is killing animals. You are okaying it. Like by paying for that food, you're saying, hey, good job. Keep this animal cruelty going. And I think so many people don't realize what's happening behind closed doors. Like you said, you see these pictures, you think, well, they're just living and they're going to die anyways. So it's okay, you know, but they're not just living and they're not just supposed to be just dying like this. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, well, there's all these inventions, you, mm-hmm. you know, cage-free and right. humane and organic to make fe- people feel good about still purchasing this stuff. But we all know organic doesn't mean anything. Cage-free just means that instead of in a tiny but called battery cage for chickens that can house 14 chickens, it's one foot by one foot. They can't even spread their wings there. So instead of that, they're in a big hangar. That's called cage-free, by the way. It's not outside roaming in the field. It's a big hangar, no sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, dirt, crap on the ground, dead chickens on the ground. That's called free range. Uh, humane. How, what is a humane, uh, humane slaughter? If somebody can tell me, uh, any any animal or you know humane beef. Okay, so maybe they're raised not in a factory farm, even though that doesn't exist anymore because it's not profitable. Factory farms took over everything. But let's say if you raise an animal humane, meaning if it's a cow. You don't take the calf from her like they do with the industry after they're born because you want to take their milk. Somehow, miraculously, you leave the baby with the mother mm-hmm. so she doesn't grieve for them for a month after you take them after she just gave birth to them. And as mothers, you know the feeling, yeah. right? The bond with the baby. So let's say you don't do that. You keep the calf and he drinks the mother's milk. Everything is fine. Then how do you kill them humanely? They still go on a transport truck for three days with no food and water. Mm-hmm. And they come come to a slaughterhouse, de- completely dehydrated. And in the slaughterhouse, they're shackled by their hind leg and their throat is slit. I mean, oh, the fear. No and the fear that they have to endure is just terrible. Mm-hmm. And like, for right. what? You know, the thing is, I think some people are like, well, I love the taste of it. But first of all, I always say there are so many things that taste just as good, if not better, in my opinion, right. that are healthier for yeah, you healthy. and that are not harming anybody any being like this doesn't need to be this way we don't we need to stop the cruelty well you became a vegan well you were a big help of becoming a vegan Mm -hmm. but you became you know stop eating meat is because you really associated your pets your goats well that's when i first became vegetarian so when i first became vegetarian i um i start i like i always loved animals and so um instead of like you know, wanting a Barbie for their whatever birthday. Like, I really wanted pets. So I got, first I started off getting, like, some chickens, and then I got some goats, and rabbits. I got rabbits. And yes. I ended up having this, like, little farm, and we, like, took such good care of them. We loved them. They were our, they were, like, our babies. They were our family. Um, and I started, one day my mom had made dinner, and she made, like, chicken, chicken, nuggets. chicken nuggets. And I was like, wait a second. How am I going to eat this? And you're looking my, out the window. Yeah, the window of, like, my chicken pets are out there, like, I'm not going to, I can't, I would never eat them. Like no one would say I'm going to eat my, I'm going to eat dog for, for dinner, you know, like how could I eat chicken? And that was when I was 12 years old and I was like, that's it. I'm done. And my whole like bat mitzvah speech was about like being vegetarian. I made everyone eat vegetarian for my bat mitzvah and same with my wedding and everything. But then as I got older, moved to LA and met you, um, you took me to a farm it was a sanctuary he took me to the sanctuary and taught me about veganism and i which one which one was it we went to the uh 
Which one was it? Kindred Spirits Care Farm? Mm, or? Uh, whichever is like the big oh, sanctuary. Farm, uh, farm Sanctuary. Uh, farm Sanctuary? Yeah, yeah, we went to Farm Sanctuary together. Um, and you shown, and at the time, like I loved animals, but I was always like, well, I love cheese and, you know, I eat ice cream, whatever. And I didn't see the association with it because I'm like, I'm not killing the animals. So what's the big deal? You know, what's, there's no harm in them. Like they're, you know, so I didn't, I was like, whatever. And then I went there and I learned about all these animals and about, maybe you can explain more. I think you'll do a better job than I do about why it's so important to not only just be vegetarian, but vegan as well. And the craziness behind cheese, like, yes, cheeses might taste good, but like vegan cheese tastes amazing too. Like, let me tell you, and it's just not worth it anymore. So. Yeah, it's, it's what we said earlier. In the dairy industry is one of the worst on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy. I learned that that is kind of, it's almost, if if maybe not almost, it might even be worse than like even the, yeah, the killing. It's worse because twofold. It's, First of all, yeah, like we said before, in order, in order for the cow to give milk, for humans to use the milk, they have to be pregnant, just mm-hmm. like females. And they're pregnant for nine months, just like uh, human females. So they're... They get raped, impregnated with bull semen, and how they extract the semen from the bull is another cruel story. Somebody shoves a hand inside their anus to move the semen in the right place. It's like Middle Ages. Anyway, they get raped, they become pregnant. The minute the baby is born, they can't lose milk, so they can't have the baby drink their milk. They take the baby away. The cow cries for the baby for a month, mm-hmm. mourning over the looking for her baby. They put the baby in a veal crate, like small crate to become veal. So they become atrophy. They can't move. So their flesh is tender. And they, at the age of, I don't know, six months, they are killed for veal. And in the meantime, the mom, they milk her for the milk. And after a little bit, they rape her again to become pregnant again. And da- most dairy cows, after five or six years in, out in nature, uh, they uh, would live for 20 years. In the factory farm industry, they live for five years. And then they're sent, sent to become hamburgers. So not only they abuse her all her life and take their babies away and really kill her motherly instincts or whatever love she has for her babies that we all share, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then they have the same, then she becomes part of the meat industry. So that's why, in a way, it's a terrible industry. The egg industry is not better. Most chickens grow in battery cages, like we said. Now, you know, I don't know if you know, a few years ago, there was a measure that passed in California to... Um, do away with battery cages and it's still not happening. It, you know, the opposition, the industry is fighting it and it still didn't happen. So people, all the voters thought, oh, we're giving chickens a more space and that never happened. But anyway, chickens mostly are grown in battery cages, which are small cages, metal cages. They never touch the ground, which they're all crammed together. They pick each other out of, you know, think about it, claustrophobic, you can't move. They can't even spread their wings, which is a natural thing for them. Uh, and at the very, uh, you know, they, they become egg-laying machines after a few years of, and you know, in nature, uh, a hen would lay eggs a few times a year. Here, they lay so many eggs, and you know, laying laying a, a, an egg is a difficult, it's, a, it's their period. It's, mm-hmm. An egg is a chicken period, actually. It's not, as, you know, yeah. it's not an easy, uh, pain-free process. Mm. So laying all these eggs, so many, much, uh, many more eggs than what they would do in nature, takes a toll on them, and after a few years, they either collapse or they're so exhausted that they're also sent to slaughter and then become chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. So these two industries, you know, so oh me as a gosh. vegetarian also, I, I didn't become vegan right away. I went vegetarian. Also, I thought, oh, yeah, what's, I'm not eating their body, so what, what could be wrong? And then when you learn about these industries, you realize they're even worse than the meat industry. But, you know, and, and you know as a vegan, so being vegan is not, it's not about being holy or being, oh, I'm... I'm going to learn about a new industry and then I'm going to change my, you know, my, my lifestyle. It's once you become aware of how humans in general treat animals and how we use and abuse them for anything around our lives, anything, our soaps, we test on them, our food, our clothing, mm-hmm. our um, cosmetics, our medicines, everything, our entertainment, you know, zoos, circuses, pony rides, um, <laughs> anything we do in our lives has animals in it and we, we don't ask our permission we take them, we take whatever we need. We don't care if they're hurt in the process, if they're abused, if they're killed in the process. We really, you know, literally every aspect of our lives. Did you know there's animal materials in, in tires, car tires? Ugh. Even if you wanted to be completely 100% vegan, it's very hard in modern really? times. But anyway, 
long story short, once you realize that we use and abuse animals in every aspect of our lives, being vegan is basically saying, you know what, I don't want to be part of it, part of it anymore. And I don't need to learn about a new industry and how they make crocodile skins, which you don't want to know, and how they make the shark fins and all that. I know already it's a principle. I don't want to take anything from animals anymore. I don't want to kill or abuse any living being anymore. I don't want to take anything from them without asking their permission. I don't want to ride a horse because he never told me that he likes my weight on his back. I'm not going to pet him, go to petting zoos. I'm not going to go to a circus and see an elephant doing tricks for me. Like once you kind of make the principal decision, I'm done. I want to let the, all animals, all animals from the tiniest ant to the biggest elephant, whale, all animals, they're not mine. They're not, we're not put here to serve me. They're just living here with me, you know, they're mm -hmm. with us on this planet. Once you, you have that mindset, then you don't need to learn anymore. You don't need to, you know, you almost don't need to like know all the statistics and argue with people. Like, that's it. I'm not using animals anymore in my lifestyle. And it's easy nowadays to live a life that doesn't rely on animals in any way, mm -hmm. other than crazy ways like, you know, animal products in your tires. It's about that time in our podcast where we're going to hit pause because we have something really exciting that we want to share with you. We wrote a book together. That's right. It's called A Bond That Lasts Forever. And basically, it's how we got this close and how you can too. It goes over all of our life's ups and downs, our struggles and obstacles, and became as close as we are today. We share tips and quotes and actionable steps on how you can create your own ideal relationship. We even share photos on us throughout the years so you can see us on a whole different new level <laughs> it's so so true anyways we loved writing this book but we hope that you love reading it just as much or maybe even a little bit more anyways you can pick up the book at a bond that lasts forever.com you can get it at walmart on amazon at barnes and nobles or wherever you, you get, get your, your books. books hey you're stealing my life <laughs> anyways we hope you love reading it now let's get back to the podcast but how do you get away from it? Because it really, there are animal products in everything, like lipstick even, a lot of times will have it, or mascara, you know, like, yeah. it's crazy, right. you know, how yeah. do, like, why yeah. is it like that? What can we do to change this? Because I, like, there's plenty of lipsticks that, or lip glosses that don't have animal products in it. Like, why do we have to have that? Like, that's ridiculous. Did an yeah, animal really have, need to die for that? Crushed like, beetles. Right. right. You have crushed beetles in your lipstick. In and red your lipstick. And, yeah. Like, but yeah. it doesn't need to be that way. Like, we, like, how can things change finally? Like, I just, you know, I guess education. Well, see, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's. And sorry for like, I mean, you know, I, I can talk about this for 17 hours. <laughs> no, I still. You know, once, once you learn the magnitude of the reliance of humans on animals, because of all kind of historical reasons, they were there, blah, 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 you know, mm -hmm. uh, our ancestors didn't have anything better, blah, blah. Anyway, we got to the point that we're, animals are ingrained in every aspect of our lives. We rely on them and take from them everything. Once you realize that first, then you can make the first step, which is make the decision. I'm not doing that anymore. As far as I'm concerned and whatever I can affect and influence, I'm not taking anything from animals anymore. That's already a huge step ahead. Mm -hmm. Then you learn that, oh, there's actually so many alternatives that support living a, a lifestyle like that. So mm -hmm. as you know, there's so many vegan options for, for food, for meat, meat substitutes, egg substitutes, cheese substitutes, amazing vegan cheeses. Mm -hmm. There's substitutes for skins, for fur. There's fake fur. There's fake leather. Mm -hmm. There's fake anything. Crocodile skin, if you really have to wear that, there's a fake version of it. There's entertainment that doesn't include animals, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, New York City, for example, you know, there's a big campaign that goes on for years now decades to get those horse drawn carriages out of right. central park oh, you yeah. can have a, a ride on a, a electric car there's other alternatives for entertainment you don't have to sit in a, in a carriage and have a horse carry you in the filthy noisy scary streets of new york city so there are so the second step is finding those alternatives and once you once you know to look for them it's easy to find them so i know by now when i go to whole foods or trader joe's i know where my vegan stuff is yeah and and every day there's more and more of those and there's special restaurants that pop up la is amazing literally in the last month three vegan burger places popped up new ones so there's oh, wow. special restaurants that serve vegan alternative to whatever your thing is you crave burgers there's many burgers places <laughs> you crave grilled cheese there's many places to do that you crave ice cream 
There's right. a gazillion That's the thing. A lot of people don't realize. I agree. And a lot of people don't realize that there's so many alternatives out there where it tastes just as good and like you're not harming any animals. But I think animals. the world is changing slowly, but it is because like you said, nowadays there's so many vegan restaurants mm-hmm. and there's so many you different options you can have now. So, And I'm seeing it more and more everywhere I go and it's yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think yes, it's just it, being educated and getting that word, excuse me, and getting yeah. that word out. Uh-huh. Yeah, w- once you once you made that decision, okay, I'm li- I am living a lifestyle of not relying on animals. Then it actually becomes a thrill and a fun to discover all these alternatives. And mm-hmm. the more the more the world progresses, there's more alternatives in cities like LA, London, New York, Berlin. So easy to be vegan. It's almost it's not not a, an issue anymore. It's really not a difficulty, not but an issue. Not even in just the cities. Like everywhere, you can go to any supermarket nowadays. There's always a vegan section. I feel like, and there's always yeah. options. It's just yes. looking for the options. And like nowadays, if I go to a restaurant where it's vegan, there's so many vegan restaurants. I get overwhelmed. I'm like, there's too many options. I can't even look. Like, right. you know. And when you do eat yeah. a good vegan meal, honestly, you feel a lot better. Like you don't have that heaviness on you. Right. I hate that heaviness. And also, I honestly feel it's healthier for you too it's mm-hmm. not just you know of course the animals are the main thing but it's yeah. a healthier way to lo- to live mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah we're not even talking about you know it's it's a win-win-win situation so the animal the moral aspect if you take care of that that's great but then you get these benefits of your health saving yes. the planet because again not too many people know but the animal agriculture the industry is one of the three main causes for global uh, climate change and global warming. Mm-hmm. And some statistics say even more than the entire transportation industry on the, on the planet combined, all the cars and airplanes on the planet. And some even say more than uh, fossil fuels. Everybody blames fossil fuel industry, right? Mm-hmm. But animal agriculture releases so many bad gases, methane mostly from the cows, into the atmosphere that kill the ozone. They pollute waters. I mean, think about it. A factory farm produces so much manure. Where does it go? Mm-hmm. It doesn't go to somebody's toilet into the sewer system. It lies in cesspools, evaporation pools, it goes into the air. People that live close to factory farms get all kind of uh, health problems, cancer, all these diseases. Right. So it pollutes the water. It, it pollutes and kills the grassy surfaces of the planet. The biggest green areas of the planet, include, including the forests in the Amazon and other places, are being cut and used for to feed animals. The mm-hmm. biggest reason for de- deforestation in the Amazon is to make more place and use more uh, green areas for feedlots for cattle. Mm-hmm. So, any so animal agriculture as an industry is one of the worst thing that we have come up with. It's killing the planet. It's killing the air, the water. It's diminishing, killing the grassy surfaces of this planet. If you fed all the grains that we feed now to animals to all the hungry children in Africa and India and everywhere else where there's hunger, you could solve world, hung- world hunger, wow. really. I mean, th- there won't be world hunger if, this, if those grains would go to feed people instead of feed cows for rich people in the West to buy for a steak. Mm-hmm. So planet, talking about climate change, the planet, no question about it. Uh, living, living a vegan right. lifestyle. Um, what would you say to somebody? You can do. So I always, I always get this. This is what most people a lot of times will say to me. They'll say, well, there's already, the animals are already there, so I might as well just eat them. Like, what would you say to somebody who says that? Well, they're there because, because we, we raise them. We multiply mm-hmm. them. We, again, we rape the cows and make more babies. We, you know, mm-hmm. once, let's say one day, hopefully in our lifetime, probably in yours, not mine. But, <laughs> I hope, you know, I hope it happens. You know, um, one day we'll, we'll stop this reliance on animals. Okay, so we'll be a finite, a lot of animals. There'll be a finite number of animals. We'll stop breeding them. We'll start bre- bringing billions of animals into existence every year for us to keep this machine going. Many of them will die naturally. Many of them will be adopted by sanctuaries, which is another phenomenon happening now. All these animal sanctuaries popping up around the world, mm-hmm. taking animals from all these abusive industries and just giving them a good life. So, you know, it's like... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to even bring it up, and it's, you know, it's like the, when, when here in America, when they were trying to abolish slavery, people would say, oh, what are we going to do with all these slaves mm-hmm. now that are going to be free? How are we going to feed them? What, mm-hmm. uh, what work will they find? How are they going to live? It's the same thing. I mean, they were freed, and then we mm-hmm. managed, right? I mean, right. It, we all agree that it was a good thing that they were freed. 
So it's the same thing is going to be with the animals. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with all these animals? First, they'll stop reproducing or you will, we will stop reproducing them. So their numbers will diminish drastically. Second of all, the ones that will be alive will given it, be given a choice. What do you want to do? You want to stay here? You want to go to a sanctuary? You know, right. as much as we can, mm-hmm. we'll give them a choice. And nature will recalibrate itself, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like when a pandemic happens, all of a sudden you saw all these dolphins in the rivers in uh, New York and all these animals came from out of nowhere. Nature knows when something happens, when nature removes the worst animal on, the, on this planet, which means humans. <laughs> nature <laughs> knows how to take care of itself, right? Yeah, so that's right. not even, it, that's not a reason to continue doing it. Oh, what? Oh, we will continue killing them because what, what we'll do if we'll stop killing them? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Right. So th- that's, you know, the the... Um, planet climate change aspect. I don't know if you've seen the film um, Don't Look Up. Yes, yes, I have seen that. You know, the people behind this film, they're talking about climate change. That's the right. metaphoric comet that is about to hit the right. planet. And they did, you know, they, they had a website, they followed up with kind of Q&As. They did mention, yeah, eat more vegetables. I mean, the word vegan is still kind of forbidden anywhere. So maybe they mentioned it here and there. Uh, but nobody was talking about the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. elephant in the room is it's not the fossil fuel industry it's the animal agriculture industry mm-hmm. and then the third thing is human health like you said mm-hmm. eating vegan and again everybody will argue and oh we're carnivores blah blah blah. no we're not meat you were we were never meant to eat meat we don't have the teeth you know real and carnivores they have fangs they have sharp teeth their jaw does that not side to side like us and and cows their jaw does the only action like this cat here right Kitten, they have my. Oh, sorry, people don't know. I have. I rescued a little kitten. She, mm-hmm. She's in my kitchen now. So cats, animal, you know, lions, tigers. Their jaw can only do this action, which is to rip into meat and tear it up and eat it the way it is, raw. Right. You don't have that capacity. I, I don't care if you if you somehow found a gazelle on the side of the street and try to bite into it, you won't be able to. These <laughs> yeah. poor little teeth that you have, That's which right. are exactly like a cow's teeth. Cannot do that. You, these teeth were meant to grind, grind fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. So your teeth are not meant to eat animals. Your digestive system, your stomach, the length of your intestines is very different than it's much closer to a cow. It's very different than a carnivore. So we were never meant to eat animals. Again, because of historical system, they were there. There were places they didn't have other foods. They, just, they saw tigers. Oh, they, they kill animals. Let's try the same. Let's eat them. Uh, even if you manage to, you know, catch an animal and kill them, which you can't with your bare hands, like a, a real carnivore. You then have to cook the meat, right? You can't just eat it raw. We right. have to cook it. We have to cut it. Somebody has to remove the feathers and the skin, cut it for us, remove the bones, mm-hmm. cook it for us, you know, literally burn it for mm-hmm. know, half an hour until we can finally digest it. But even right. then, it's killing our bodies. It's not good, good for our hearts, cholesterol, fat. Right. It's not good for our, our digestive system. It gives people all kinds of problems. So right. long story short, we were never <laughs> meant to eat meat Yeah. and dairy. You know, most people are lactose intolerant or they don't really know why. But we were never meant to drink the cow of a mil- uh, the milk of a cow. Right. It's or not and, or even us. our own milk after a few months or what right. is it, right. a year? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, dairy is not good for us. Uh, chicken chicken period is, wasn't meant the for chicken us. Chicken period. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Egg. Well, there's, you know, there's so many, there's, not enough. I feel like there are so many resources, but maybe not even enough. But I'm so glad that people are that this is coming to the forefront. People are recognizing that change needs to happen. Um, you know, if people want to follow up with you and learn more, is there somewhere that they can find you and be able to educate themselves more? Uh, well, I, I'm actually, you know, I'm not actually the biggest. Um, or at least, what would you recommend? Yeah. Okay. Tell me your top three documentaries you would tell people to watch. Yeah. By the way, it's not that they shouldn't follow me, but I'm not, I'm not the, the best actually speaker about all these topics because I really care about the animals. The animals. But, you do it for the animals. If people, you know, if people want to educate themselves, and, you know, we'll also finish the health aspect. People want to educate themselves. Watch Earthlings, the film Earthlings, mm-hmm. or its equivalent, Australian equivalent called Dominion which shows you how humans dominion. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I've seen Earthlings. I haven't seen that one. Uh, Dominion. um, There's a film called Cowspiracy, Mm -hmm. which is on Netflix, as far as I know. And it's sequel, Seaspiracy, how we treat 
fish, you know, because a lot of people say, oh, I just eat, fi- eat fish. Okay, watch this uh, document called C, you know, C-A-S-E-A, Seaspiracy, mm-hmm. yes. like conspiracy, but of the sea. Right. And see what, um, again, factory um, fishing operations do to the planet, mm-hmm. to the ecosystems, all these animals that get caught when you try to catch fish, dolphins and whales and all kinds of animals, then discarded, killed. Yeah, killing our oceans. Yeah. Uh, so watch a cowspiracy, seaspiracy, and then watch a film called "What the Health," mm-hmm. which that talks about the health too. aspect. And yeah, have you seen it, right? Yes, yes, I've seen mm-hmm. that one yeah. as well. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, there's so many amazing um, documentaries out there, and I think that a lot of people need to just kind of wake up, open their eyes, and at least educate themselves on it, yeah. and then it's up to them you to know, make their decisions. Yeah, and the health aspect, really, really give it a try. I mean, you know, again, we were meant to eat fruits and vegetables. Our bodies thrives on fruits and vegetables, and I know it sounds boring, but as you know, nowadays you can do amazing vegan food from fruits and vegetables. I mean, even, even if you're a carnivore, you eat many amazing things that are made of, from fruits and vegetables, like cakes and donuts and cookies and souffles and this and I that, I think right? it sounds more fun, less boring, because you get the opportunity to change a plant into something so delicious. So I think right. it sounds extremely exciting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, even avid carnivores, I mean, we all eat amazing things made from flour and plants, plants yeah. and uh, vegetables, uh, and still vegan food, um, amazing uh, foods can be done from plants. Uh, um, uh Fruits and vegetables, so it, it shouldn't be, shouldn't sound boring, shouldn't sound, uh, <laughs> you know, limited. And again, all these, if you like your meat and your cheese and dairy, there's amazing substitutes now, you know, companies like Beyond Meat, Impossible Burgers. Mm-hmm. They make burgers from plants. I can't tell the difference. It, no. It's like wonderful. Meat, yes. Yeah. Looks like meat. It bleeds like meat. It's, it's crazy. Like meat. I know yes. it bleeds like meat. That that sometimes is too much for me. Like <laughs> I, some of it is just too much because like you order it when you're out and you're like, is this? Did they give me the wrong burger? Right. Like, you know, I don't. Right. I don't like it. I'm like it's too much. But you know, the other day, yeah. last week, last Friday, I, uh, Trader Joe's has this uh, Korean. Beef, mm-hmm. vegan beef, Korean vegan beef. Oh, I just tried that with Jared. He just made that. Yeah. It's so amazing. I couldn't, as far as I remember crazy. beef, it's been 20 years that I eat beef, but I remember it tastes like meat. It tastes like, like beef. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I like, know. If, you, I if you gave it to me and I didn't know, like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I know. Right. Same. It's so crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming yes. on this podcast. That's our time, but I really appreciate it. Can you tell our listeners how they can get involved with the National Animal Rights Day? Yeah, so to follow me or find what we're doing, mm-hmm. you can uh, go to our website, Our Planet. Uh, it's actually on the back here. <laughs> our Planet, Our Planet, and theirs too. I'll right? Go to ourplanetthereis2.org, and then you'll see our two big projects, the Declaration of Animal Rights and National Animal Rights Day. You'll see links to those two websites. Get in touch with us. Follow us on social media. Uh, if you want to look for me personally in order to, you know, put a hit on my head or anything, <laughs> um, Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Elam Orion. But yeah, come come to our events. Every first Sunday of June, uh, we do these, uh, we always quickly, we do these commemoration ceremony in the beginning, which is very moving, Uh, including we're doing it in Miami. So hopefully you can. Cool. I can't wait. I'll be there. And then there's a celebration. After that, there's a celebration. There's always amazing vegan food. There's Mm -hmm. amazing speakers, entertainers. We had Joaquin Phoenix come, Moby. Um, many other people like that. Yeah. Earthling Ed, I don't know if you know him. Yeah, yeah. No, I've gone to your events in uh, New York. I went to one in Florida. So. Oh, you went? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I'm not oh, yeah. going to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, join our event next, uh, it's probably going to be June 3rd uh, next year. Or Perfect. That. But, Mark in uh, yeah. my calendar. <laughs> our yes. events and uh, these events educate and veganize a lot of people. When I mean, I don't know if you t- want to tell the viewers, but sometimes we have real bodies of animals in our in the ceremony part, mm-hmm. in the memorial yeah. ceremony, ceremony part. We 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 get the bodies of animals that died in all kind of terrible places, and mm-hmm. they're not cut off or anything. They're whole and they they're clean, but people we hold them crying. in our hands in public yeah. to show show people how these animals, like you said, how these cute animals look like goats and cows and pigs and mm. uh, chickens and yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on our chat. Yeah, and thank you I feel for like all I spoke, your. Time. I spoke nonstop for like three hours. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. We'll chat soon. 
Oh boy, now that was a lot, (laughs) y'all. That was a lot. For those who stayed throughout this whole podcast, good job. Thumbs up to you. But I loved seeing someone so passionate Mm -hmm. in his belief. And that's what was so wonderful about it. Whether you believe it or you don't believe it. Well, no, 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 no. It's not belief. That's fact. A lot of that is fact. I know, but he is so strong and wants to get that word out. Mm -hmm. And he is such, he wants to, change things and make a better place that he feels is better and mm-hmm. healthier, which I believe too. Me and, too. And it's just wonderful to see the passion in mm-hmm. him. And I think everyone should have some passion. And yeah, I try. His passion made me feel great. Like, I want to go know. home and just have my pla- my my veggies. Uh-huh. And, my- totally. <laughs> and that's all and, I want It also eat. made me feel like I'm not doing enough to like, like, I want, like, we need to change this world and together yes. we can. Like, we can all make a difference and like, it just we don't we can start now like doesn't matter about the past like let's all start today you know what I mean like oh I want to go back to an animal sanctuary I feel like when you're there and you see these animals firsthand that could have been killed and instead are living a happy life you realize like wow like let's make a change to this world you know what was very interesting to me I'm a vegetarian I'm not a vegan but it it really bothered me hearing about how the the animals are so tortured and how how they're kept in everything and the milk and the, mm-hmm. the cheese and the dairy is so is so bad for you that it's making me think twice and not to, you know, to, to go vegan. I mean, that's another extreme in my eyes, but I, I am definitely open to at least try it and have less dairy. I mean, I do have less dairy. I don't drink milk anymore. I only have you know, um, non-dairy milk. And um, sometimes I do the non-dairy cheese also, and I do like it. But after listening to him, I think I might try to go vegan and see how that goes. Oh my gosh, so he gonna, definitely is having I don't an know impact on me now. <laughs> I don't know if this is real or not, but that's like going to make me cry. Because, oh, wow. Wow, that was really cool. Um, being, but, wow, that's really cool. It like shocks me because um, she does love her cheeses. But I you do. can have some really good cheese. It's just you sometimes have to look for it a little more. That's the only harder part. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to like, you can't get it right this second. You can get it later when you get the vegan cheese. Like, yes. you know, you don't need it. And you know cheese is actually addicting. It has like an addiction, addicting part in it. And that's why you keep coming back for more. But being a mom and someone who breastfed for such a long time, like, you know that bond that you have with your child and have that child ripped away from you. And you want that child. And I've seen these videos. It's true of these cows crying for days and like, missing their you know they're young and they can't and like just pulled away just so we as humans can steal that milk like that's not fair and for what like have you ever seen one of those images where it's like a man laying underneath a cow drinking from its udder like that's a that's gross like you would never go to a cow and be like give me your titty like no you would never do that so why are we drinking it's milk like it's not meant for us right it's meant for their babies so we don't need that and um there's just so many alternatives you know um I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I do find that a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to like say everybody, but a lot of vegetarians and vegans really are, are good-hearted people because they they give up, you know, eating meat and eating, they don't want to hurt the animals mm-hmm. and they care about things. And I think it shows a lot in a person to really care about mm-hmm. things and, and, and yeah. give that up to for humanity. It's true. You know, it's sometimes harder being vegetarian and vegan too because sometimes you can feel left out. I think every vegan or vegetarian at some point in their life does feel a little left out. Um, I know when I was living in New York and I'd have friends all going to dinner and they wouldn't invite me because they would say like, well, there's not going to be any vegan food so you wouldn't want to come to this. And it's like, well, I would have wanted to come. Like I would find something. Like there's always something on the menu. Always. You can always find something. It's so interesting you say that because I'm in this, um, it's called a crazy eight group. And it's four couples and um, once every two months we get together and we, we go to each other's houses. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't tell them, don't make a vegetarian meal because of me. So I say, whatever you have, I'll find something. And I think it's sometimes I feel a little obligated because 
I'm a vegetarian and what should they make? So I say, don't worry about it. There's always a vegetable or I'll bring a vegetable dish or something like that. Because I think sometimes they're hesitant to have this group with me because I am a vegetarian and I, and I don't eat the meat while well, they want to make, you know, a veal or they want to make a chicken dish or, or have a barbecue with hamburgers and hot dogs outside or mm. whatever. So sometimes you do feel a little uncomfortable, like you were saying, Cher, that you do feel a little left out because mm. um, you feel like you're not going to be included because they don't want to make something special because you're coming. Mm-hmm. There, so I could see that. Yeah, there's this book that we got, Belle, and it spells out vegan. And every page, it's like V is for the vegetables that you'll will grow, make you grow big and strong. E is for blah, blah. And then it gets the letter A for vegan and gets the letter A. And it says A is for alone, which sometimes all vegans will feel. And it's so true. But just know that, like, you're not alone because we've all experienced that at some point during this process. But we're doing this for a reason. And just because something it's is easy to do, like eating meat, it's easy, it's there, and like everyone's doing it, right, is what it feels like. But just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. Mm -hmm. And without people like us that are going to change, make changes, like change will never happen. So we all need to be part of this, like we're friends to like stop eating meat because every year less and less animals are killed because less and less people are giving money to the meat organizations. And it's so much better for you. You feel so much better. Mm -hmm. You feel, I love not having meat. Honestly, I don't feel that heaviness mm -hmm. in me after I eat. I, I, I honestly feel healthier. I'm, I'm not just advocating it for that. I do really feel healthier mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I'm proud that I'm a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. I really am. I'm proud of you. I think you should be your own person and not follow the crowd. Totally. You know, there's actually statistics that says that um, every year a vegan or vegetarian, I believe it says vegetarian actually, will save 250 animals a year you save. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And just to know that you can do that. Like if you're not going to eat a, if you're not comfortable eating a dog, you should not be comfortable eating a cow. They are literally both animals. That's my opinion on it. But, um, of course, you are all entitled to make your own decision. But I'm glad we had this topic because it's so interesting. And as long as we are open-minded, we educate ourselves, then it's up to us to make our decision. But to also, you know, be the change we want to see in this world and right. make a generation for our children and our future children's children that's a positive place. Right. And even if you decide not to be a vegan or a vegetarian, at least you understand it more, understand why some people are and mm -hmm. just have some compassion for the ones that are instead of maybe talking behind their back and saying, oh, she's a vegetarian. Or let's or, not invite her to dinner tonight. Exactly. So I agree. If you guys are interested in learning more, um, please follow up with Elam. And also, if you have any questions, you can also go to chattermouthpodcast.com. We love chatting about this because as you can see this is something that we are so passionate about or just reach out to one of us on social media this is one of those questions that you'll probably always get a response from us personally yes. on so anyways thank you all so much for listening to the chattermouth podcast we'll see you all next time bye, bye.